Hi. Can you hear me? I can. I can't hear you. Can't hear me. Huh. That's weird. I'm not muted. Did it catch up yet? I joined with computer audio, so... Yeah, I'm there. I can hear you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you for taking some time to visit with me tonight about self-care. I am very excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. How are you doing? I'm lovely. Why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Okay. So I am an Ayurvedic practitioner, and that's something that is um, a little bit unfamiliar to people. Um, in a nutshell, I teach people uh, to balance body, mind, and spirit through the ancient practices of Ayurveda. Okay. And Ayurveda is a medical system that derived in India about 5,000 years ago. But the thing that I like to really emphasize with people is that this isn't some sort of cult. Um, <laughs> Because I think sometimes people hear terms they're not used to sure. and get a little bit fearful. So Ayurveda is actually considered the mother of all healing systems. And what that means is that other cultures travel to India. They learned the principles of Ayurvedic medicine and they took them back to their own cultures. So they say that Greek medicine has its roots in Ayurveda, that French medicine has its roots in Ayurveda. Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine are very closely connected. The significance difference being that Ayurvedic medicine has a branch of surgery, mm and Chinese medicine doesn't. Okay. So what's happening now in our culture is that we are adopting and moving back to some of these ancient principles of healing, which we talk about today as alternative medicine. Right. But really our original medicine. It's like actually the root core of where medicine came from. Exactly. Exactly. And so in Ayurveda, the principal um, desire is to work with someone to give them some wonderful tools for their self-care toolbox so that they can cope with anything that living throws their way, right? And so one of the most difficult things, I think, is when we find ourselves in the role of a caregiver. Yes, very because much so. We don't have the tools for that. We're dealing with something that is extremely emotional. Right. And it's depleting. Right. Well, so, and a lot of times people didn't necessarily sign up for it. It's something that maybe came on to them as by default because of geography or maybe some of the siblings or the children in the home had such complicated relationships with the parents and everyone's like, I'm out, yeah. not it. Yeah. And so there's one child remaining that is bearing the brunt of it. Right, right. And usually the side effect of that is that their immune system and their mental health becomes compromised. Naturally. Right. This is a tremendously stressful time. Right. So I kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that I work with um, 
when I'm working with people in this situation. So I, I do have a practice in Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know where this reaches for your clients, but, and so a lot of the things that I do are actually really rooted in the digestive health. Hmm. But a lot of times, some of the reasons that people come in when they're having bumpy times with their digestive system is because they've been plummeted into a caring situation that's caused all kinds of upset in their tummy. So this is just really, I think, an opportunity for us to talk about some of the things that they can do to, to have better care for themselves um i have a great admiration for caregivers and empathy because i unfortunately most of us will probably be in this situation Mm -hmm. as as you so beautifully said whether we want to be or not and there's no playbook for that just like having a baby we didn't get a manual that's right. There's no manual. We don't get a manual for caregiving. So the three areas um, that I feel really need to be addressed are sleep, food nourishment, mm-hmm. and self-massage, as in touch. Because when you are giving out so much to the person you're caring for, you need to have some type of reciprocation. And it's probably not going to come from the person that you're caring for. Because many times they're incapable or potentially have cognitive impairments so that they are unable to do it. And I think one of the big issues is that people lack time. So I think when we think about self-care, we're thinking about like, well, I don't have two hours to go get a pedicure and I don't have, I can't leave my home. So I'm really excited to hear about in those three areas, what, what your thoughts are. Right. And, and that's what I tried to focus on really was the time limit. Yes. Because this is just, yeah. And, and the unpredictability of caring for someone. But I, I did want to just say that, um, you know, this is really a conversation about all of us tapping into our own inner pharmacy. Mm. And we do that through the five sense therapies. And those are simply sound, sight, smell, taste, touch. And I also like to bring in the sixth one of laughter. Mm. Really is probably not available in some of these situations, but I will touch on that at the end because there is some scientific research that backs up the support to immune health. Yeah. Um, And I think that's very, very important. So the first thing that I really wanted to talk about is sleep because sleep is huge in regular daily life. But it's even more important to talk about for a caregiver. So I'm just going to use the assumption, and I know this might not be the case for a lot of your clients, but let's just assume that that person is basically a daytime caregiver. Mm -hmm. So what we want to know about that person is what type of sleeper they are. So do, does that person fall asleep easily? Do they sleep fairly well? Do they awaken with ease? That will change how we talk about sleep. Another person may have a hard time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. 
their sleep is going to be easily disturbed and they may find it hard to get back to sleep. That's going to be a little challenging when it comes to caring for someone. Other people may sleep very deeply. They may find it so hard to get going in the morning because they've slept so deeply, usually because they're so stressed. Right. But their problem is when they get up, they don't really feel well rested. So what we really want to do addressing, as I said, in this situation where there maybe is actually a fairly regular routine where the caregiver is operating in daytime hours Mm -hmm. and having a nighttime routine that they really, really need to get to bed by 10 p.m. And that is, I know, challenging. Right. But the best way to do this is to really, in this particular time, shut down everything by about 7 p.m. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. as in the last meal. Okay. Because the body can start to rest, digest, and heal. Okay. To not have a lot of electronic activity, to avoid any aggressive news shows. Okay, no CSIs. No CSIs. You know, this is a time where there has to be a lot of healing and nurturing. And those types of things are so triggering. Yes. What happens at nighttime when we try to get to bed by 10 p.m. is that the liver goes into a detoxification mode. And in Ayurveda, we say that our day, our liver is compromised not by what only what we've eaten, but what emotional things we have also taken in. So the liver really needs to have a chance to digest all of those things. And the time it does it is when we're sleeping. So that's so, so important. And the other thing sounds silly, and I know everybody probably knows this, but not having a lot of caffeine, a lot of sugary things, they are going to disrupt the digestion that that creates a lot of um, stress on the digestive system. So are you saying like after seven o'clock, don't have the caffeine and sugar, like don't drink soda after seven or just throughout the day? After seven. After seven, okay. After seven, try to have any kind of nurturing beverages. Now, I would suggest some sort of, you know, if a person can tolerate warm milk with some different, herbs in it to 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 start what we want to do in in times of very very stressful situations is create activities that set the body up to know that it's hopefully going to go into rest okay so anything that we can help to activate that Another thing is taking a warm bath with Epsom salts. Epsom salts have magnesium. They're great stress reducers. You can put essential oils in your bath if you're comfortable with that. That sort of triggers the brain. We're moving to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, Diffusing essential oils in your room or the area where you are as the caregiver. So you're giving that opportunity to the person you're caring for is another option. And depending Um, on what you want to stimulate, you'll use a different oil, correct? So peppermint versus lavender versus cinnamon, these are all going to have different. Sandalwood is very balancing for a lot of constitutions. Okay. Sandalwood is a good one. 
Massaging your feet with warm oil before you sleep or where you're resting. So the reason that this is very important is that when we think about reflexology in Ayurveda, we call mama points, that they're very in, interconnected. Um, every, everything uh, resides in our feet. Interesting. So when we, all our organs, if you've ever seen a, a reflexology chart. So by being able to do a warm oil massage on your feet can be very grounding and healing and stress relieving. And if it's available, it's lovely to offer that to the person that you're caring for. Um, sometimes that's not something a person might be comfortable doing. Sure. But, you know, that's something. But the, the importance of the warming of the oil is that warm oil penetrates deeper into the tissues. So its healing benefits are amplified. Cold oil, room temperature oil doesn't have the same effect. So taking the time to pop it in a hot cup of water or in the hot sink is really worth taking the time. If you've ever worked with oil, if you put room temperature oil and apply it to the skin, it sort of rolls off. Okay. If you put warm oil on, it actually absorbs better. And so okay. that's something that is definitely worth the time. What we're trying to do here is calm and ground the nervous system, right? So right. very, very important that we do that. That's going to help alleviate fear, worry, anxiety, and feelings of helplessness. Wow. Which is so, so evident for caregivers. Yes. I, I believe. Yes. You know? There's another practice that's very simple in Ayurveda, the, the Sanskrit term. I'm just going to use it because I think it's important to, to really recognize where these practices come from is Trataka. Okay. And Trataka actually simply means pointed concentration on a point. Okay. So what I like to say to people, because um, that can be feel a little bit out there, is you're going to keep your eyes open and you're going to focus on a small point or an object. And the way I found this the easiest for my clients to do is to focus on a candle flame. Okay. Because looking at candle flames, if you've ever done it, or any of us that like to just look into the fire when it's blazing. I mean, it's so healing. Yes. Very grounding. Mesmerizing almost. It is mesmerizing. Yes. And it doesn't take you to a place that takes you out of the task at hand, but it gives you a moment to rest your eyes, to it actually has been shown to increase concentration and to improve memory. Wow. And I think something else that happens with people that are in a caregiver role is everything goes out the window. They can't right. remember anything. Their concentration is shot to hell. They're That's right. focused on, you know, what is going on. But the beauty of a candle in an appropriate setting is that you can, hopefully it's a really good candle, use some essential oils to also help to bring some balance and healing by using a good quality candle, right? Okay. So that's something that I think is really good. Food is something else that I think becomes really, really challenging for caregivers because any sort of approach to healthy eating. It's so hard. Makes a backseat. Yeah. 
takes a back seat. And that's one of the things that really, really needs attention because if you don't have good nourishment, you don't have good sleep, you don't have good mental health, and it's a snowball domino effect. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, um, you know, I, I really have found with people I've worked with is, of course, the lack of time. Right. The lack of appetite because they're so sad. And um, it's, it's just a really challenging, challenging thing. And right. it's so important. The thing that is really important to know which I think is a little known fact is 60% of our daily metabolism is used to digest our food. Okay. That is huge in a general person's daily activity. That is a disaster in the activity of someone that's been thrust into the role of caregiver. So 60% of our metabolism is used to digest our daily food. Mm -hmm. So what would be an ideal percent? Or where would we that, want that to be? Is, that is the percentage. Okay. So what we want to look at now is easy to digest food. Okay. Because if you are, this is not the time to experiment with some kind of really creative diet. This okay. is the time to say, grandma, help me out. Yes. This is time to say, I am not going to make a 60 course meal with 500 <laughs> to and ingredients that I'm not used to necessarily. Yeah. And it's also not the time to say, well, bother. I don't have time to cook. So now I'm just going to do anything that's quick and accessible. Because talk about peanut butter and crackers. Like that's sort of like a go-to thing that I see a lot um, with seniors that are actually struggling to to maintain their own nutrition. But then I think that caregivers fall into that as well. You get into peanut butter cracker mode. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And what happens when you eat a lot of dry foods is it depletes the absorption in the digestive tract mm. of good nutrients. So that's kind of, you know, we can't really go into that but what I'm going to talk about is what we can do to create simple meals and solutions. Perfect. So one of the best things for caregivers is to really, really rely on the good old fashioned bone broths or vegetable broths or whatever your um, food preferences mm -hmm. might be. Bone broths can be a foundation of creating a very simple meal. In Ayurveda, we actually um, believe that the largest meal of the day should be at lunchtime. Okay. That an evening meal should be very, very simple with the kitchen closing at seven. We go into that detoxification time frame, and then we break the fast if we need it with breakfast. Okay. But this is not how it's gonna work for a caregiver. Because the most important thing for them is to be regularly nourished with small amounts. So what I like to have people do is to have bone broths, on hand that might be in a coffee cup that okay. they can sip on. The important thing is to, what happens a lot of times when people rely on very drying foods is that um, they don't absorb them because their salt level runs very low. And I know there's a real phobia 
against soul, but actually soul for retaining food, digestive enzymes, and the healing things that we need are actually quite important. We've been misguided somewhat in that. And so it's actually very important to have that. And that's where bone broths and some of these other things come into play. One thing I would suggest is to, I have a lot of bone broth recipes I use with my clients, couple for chemotherapy uh, situations and okay. that type of thing. But what you really want to aim to look for is a bone broth that's going to really have a lot of good amino acids in it that's going to help satiate and also help hold on to moisture because what happens if someone gets depleted in the level of moisture is they get heightened anxiety and worry oh wow and all of those kinds of things so I say enlist your friends, find a really great recipe you think you would like for bone broth and ask them to make it for you. Oh, brilliant. Put it in your freezer, have it ready to go. Get another friend to chop up fresh vegetables from the farmer's market, cube them up, wash them, pop them in bags, single serving sizes or whatever. So that when the time comes, you can pop some broth in the saucepan, you can put some diced vegetables, you can add a little chicken, get a chick rotisserie chicken from the grocery store and chop that up and pop that in there. So you've got a constant supply and opportunity to have nourishing foods and just get rid of anything for this time being that's gonna cause you stress on your digestive system. Because if you can't digest, going back to that 60% of our metabolism is used to digest our food. If you're eating things that are gonna be difficult to digest, from every area of your body that needs to be focused on caretaking for the person that you're with. So well, I, I, I think that like, there's also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in stores, no, no. I started seeing bone broth on the shelves in stores, like in, in containers, which is, it's, yes. it is different than chicken stock. So don't, don't yeah. mix the two. It actually does say bone broth on them, but in the natural section of our grocery store, I've started seeing quite a few. So yeah. it's pretty convenient. And, and those are wonderful, wonderful options. It's always better if we can have access to the fresh. Made from but, scratch, but, yes. But, but, you know, I also say to people, Michelle, when I work with them, let's talk about what's ideal and yeah. then let's figure out what's real. Right. So I love that. Let's go with real. If you, you know, some of those bone broths are a little bit cost prohibitive for some people mm -hmm. oh, they're quite expensive but you know it's worth the investment if you've got some handy things to draw on while you're building your toolbox for taking care of your loved one right and love so that, yes. that needs to look for it's not a case about you know trying to outdo yourself it's a case about okay i'm going to take what she said i don't have anybody that's going to make me some bone broth so right. i'm going to pick it up ask them, to, ask them to pick it up you know yeah. whatever i mean <laughs> this is all about bringing in the village of any time that you can get the support right yes so these are just things we're sort of you know playing around with as respectfully as we can for everybody. But I, I do really, I know in, in situations when I've worked with people from a more health crisis mm -hmm. situation that these, the person in the health crisis 
that this is something that can be, you know, a real game changer. Because one of the first things that happens when someone, any of us, become unwell is that we usually lose our appetite. Mm. Yes. Common cold, major illness. Right. Bit of upset. And, and that's the very time that we really need. Now, the digestive system does need to rest sometimes. I'm not saying that that isn't part of it. Is a body so overwhelmed that sometimes that suppresses itself so it can just kind of catch up. Right. But it also needs to have the nourishment when healing needs to take place. So the simplest nourishment is the most profound. Right. That makes sense. It's so, so important. So we have to let go of some of the things that we really cherish that might be harder for us to digest at this time. They'll come back but they can't. And, and some of it, we also operate out of a kind of comfort level. So we were maybe raised on typical American comfort foods and we have the taste for those. They can be very stagnating. So they're not usually a good choice. And I know that's difficult sometimes because when we're in times of stress and worry and looking after someone else we maybe want that right necessarily but then you need really need to be considerate of the fuel that your body needs so that you have the stamina to care for somebody and i think sometimes what i've noticed is that after eating something i'll take note 20 minutes later 30 minutes later i feel more tired than ever so while the immediate gratification of eating that macaroni and cheese was wow. very satisfying, now I don't have the stamina for the next three hours to try and stay awake. So that, I, that makes perfect sense what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, we are very, very clever. Yes. <laughs> we are very, very clever. <laughs> what we're not encouraged to do in Western medicine and I am just going to say right now that I absolutely respect Western medicine. This is not saying anything against this. When I'm working with people from the perspective of Ayurvedic medicine, I'm working with them in prevention so that hopefully these things don't get a Western name, right? But if it moves into being named as a Western disease, that we create that self-care toolbox to support the healing back to balance, right? Yes. That's what it's all about. So the other thing is, of course, uh, this discussion of self-massage. And I know that that's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with. I touched on it with um, with massaging the feet with the mm-hmm. warm oil because that's very grounding for someone that's having sleep issues. That can really be helpful if they're sitting at the bedside of someone. It's pretty easy to implement a warm oil massage to sort of help to sort of quiet and and calm. If the situation allows um, the other thing to really do is a full in Ayurveda, what we call an abhyanga, which is simply just a warm oil massage. Okay. And the benefits of a warm oil massage are numerous. I just want to touch a little bit on what that looks like first, and then I'll talk about the benefits. So, we talked about warming the oil in the sink or in the um, little thermal coffee cup. Warm oil, I think I touched on, changes the molecular structure of it so it absorbs into the skin better. So people that are a little oil phobic mm-hmm. find that this is something they 
like because they don't have that oily sensation. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it, it really does change the molecular structure of the oil. Um, so what you want to do is have that oil warmed, have your bathroom fairly warm if that's available to you, and then really just um, circular motions over the joints and the tummy. Okay. Long strokes over the joints. Fingertips in the massage. You don't have to go too nutty with the oil, but just a little bit of oil massage that nicely with your, you know, fingertips. Take your ears and give a nice little massage around that. Um, if you can sit with the oil on for about 10 minutes. It's a good time to do your candle gazing if okay. you can. You know, that might be a good time to make it a special thing. Um, and then shower, rinse it off. I don't necessarily recommend using soap, but if, again, people are very used to using soap, and so that's perfectly fine. Um, but, but some of the things that this really helps, and these are based in scientific research, not just some guru sitting on the side of the Himalayan mountain, right. is that it does Im improve immune function, which helps to improve sleep. Um, it also increases T cells that fight cancer and viruses, which I think is amazing. Right. It increases levels of dopamine and serotonin, which are the brain chemicals that improve mental outlook, which are extremely important when someone maybe doesn't have the mental outlook they might normally have. Right, yeah. Um, it, it reduces cortisol levels in the body. And we know that when cortisol levels rise, um, there's a lot of stress. So the fact that a self-massage can help to reduce cortisol levels, I think is pretty huge. Um, I did talk at the very beginning that, you know, laughter is something that's really important. Um, this is probably the last thing <laughs> from anybody's mind. But I just did want to mention that, you know, there is scientific research that shows that laughter enhances immune function for 24 hours. Okay. How long do you have to laugh for? Not that long. <laughs> Not that like long. an hour? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like... 10 minutes, not, not even probably that long. Anything, three minutes. I mean, any recollection that induces a really good belly laugh mm -hmm. is going to have that 24-hour cycle of yeah. immunity, which I think is absolutely amazing. Now, sometimes, you know, as I said, I mean, that's probably the last thing that anybody is thinking about when they're in this situation, but it does dis decrease stress levels. It does relieve pain. It eases depression and it can actually improve memory. Mm. And these, uh, I didn't bring all, you know, the scientific studies, but I can share them, you know. Well, what's so funny, I think sometimes there are people that, I mean, if you're not laughing, you're crying. So there are days when you're just like, this day could not have gone any worse. It just could not have gotten any worse. And I mean, we had a day, uh, my daughter's car got smashed into, and then literally 24 hours, our basement flooded with like two inches of water. And I mean, all of us in the family, we had to just go to laughter because... Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Like the, all the things, the circumstances happened. 
Um, so I love that you suggested a memory, you know, trying to get that belly. I feel like that's like a bonus, but even, I mean, I remember I Love Lucy or the movie La or the TV show Laugh-In, yeah. um, you know, any episodes of any shows that just got you going. There's an episode of Frasier. I don't know if you remember that show. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a couple scenes from that show that would just have me belly laughing. And most of this stuff you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the other thing, Michelle, is we have so much access to things that maybe our grandmothers, even our mothers probably didn't have. Yeah. So I think a really good thing um, is to, to kind of talk about, you know, loading up your toolbox mm -hmm. so that you have things that you can pluck out when you need them. And, right. and, and I think that's so, so important. I mean, like you said, which I think was a very, very valid point is geographically, sometimes one person is tasked with this job. Right. right. And it's a lot different living it day to day than having a long distance call and telling the person what you've been dealing with. And then clucking, clucking, clucking in sympathy, and then being able to put the phone down and go on about what they're dealing with. Exactly, right. It's so, so difficult. And yeah. so I know, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I have an office. Um, I'm not currently being able to do as much hands-on as I would like to, but I do feel like there's a lot of valuable hands-on services I can do for people when they're going through this, because mm. sometimes part of it is just simply getting away from all of the people that you are surrounded by with doughy eyes and you know that you're just kind of like, get away! You know, I just need to get out of this situation and talk to someone that isn't looking at me with such sympathy. You know? Right, yes. A different perspective. Yeah, a different yeah. perspective. And even just just different talk, you know, just right. talk. Just, just, you know, doing a Zoom like you and I are and saying, hey, what are the challenges? What do you need support with? What ideas can I offer to you? Right. I mean, there's just such a wealth of information. And I think the thing that's very encouraging um, is that we've all become a little bit braver about technology. I know you and I have sort of talked about that certainly taken me out of my comfort zone yes I, I don't like being so on and I'm yeah. not used to it you know <laughs> I, I I don't think I've ever even taken a selfie you know <laughs> but I know that this is the way that we need to really encourage and help one another. Right. And there's a lot that we can do that wouldn't physically mean someone move away from their loved one to take the time to do something like this because it's it's so important. And it, it's just really um, the spotlight and is, is really on it for people that are thrust into this because the resources have changed. They're right. very limited. And are you dealing mainly, I mean, Inspired Seniors insinuates that it's generally older people. Are you dealing with people with other health crises or is it more the elder? Community. I mean, it's a twofold situation. One is really just working to inspire people to want to age healthfully and wow. perhaps differently than what they have seen or experienced with people in their families, because our system just is not designed to sustain 
our population the way that we're aging. We we just have to be accountable and and take care of ourselves. Obviously, things happen. Yes, you know, there's just there is disease. I am so passionate that the CDC website does share that the top three, top five main chronic illnesses in our country. Um, if you go to what prevents those illnesses, they're all behavior modification. Yeah. So yeah. part of Inspired Senior is really just inspiring people to age in a, in a healthy way. And then really, as we're aging, you know, we have parents that are aging, and then how are we caring for those people? And then assuming that role of caregiver, how does that influence how we, again, want to age? Because if we have parents that we're caring for that don't have a power of attorney, right. you know, we should make sure we have our power of attorney yeah. and that sort of thing. I mean, that's just one small, small example. So really coaching people and working with people to help them navigate what that's like as a caregiver and not get completely consumed with the guilt that that caregivers feel um, to help them establish boundaries with their people that they're caregiving for and family members. Yeah. So working with with people on that through yeah. coaching. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think even some really accessible, a wide variety of accessible things that that caregivers can use mm -hmm. and really I think it's so personal what does self-care mean to you is maybe different than what it means to me but something just as simple as looking at um, a, a candle that's lit is I would have never occurred to me that that would fall under that umbrella of self-care so it's really just what do you find soothing um, and can give you just those creating moments of peace because when we work with people with dementia our goal is to create those moments of joy for them right because they're not right and so one of the things um that you know like i said with the ayurveda which i think would really be good for that um population is is the balancing with the Taste, touch, and um, trying to look at my notes here. Um, scent, taste, touch. Taste, touch is for the balancing the body. Mm. And then smell, sight, and sound helps to balance the mind. Okay. So in that population, where there's dementia, the practices that we would be good to try to target if you have someone in the family that can help you connect back to some of those sense, senses that maybe grandma loved the smell of. Right. Maybe she loved hearing Beethoven. I don't know. You right. know, the bell choir and so the sound of bells or the smell of basil or rosemary or a yeah. tomato. I mean, those things are very, very powerful. And, you know, I mean, they say that one of the last things that the last sense that that leaves us as we embark on this next journey is our hearing. Yes. And so, you know, that's something that, I mean, there's a lot of these sense therapies that can be brought in to, to trigger a calmness and a peacefulness that that's, shouldn't be denied to anyone, right? Right, we, right. We all deserve that. So I think that's really important. Well, I love the work that you're doing. I think I think it's so important. And I want to make sure if someone's in the Omaha area, um, or even our, you know, our goal is that there could be people around the country or world that are watching this, if they wanted to get in touch with you, 
How would they find you? Where would they find you? So um, if you want to share my website, that's probably the best place to start. Um, I'm in the process, honestly, of, of merging a different booking platform. I will tell you that the new booking platform, I'll be offering a complimentary meeting with me that can be either focused on health mm -hmm. or focused on lifestyle. And in that, I'm, I'm asking people to fill in three questions. When they fill those in, to they, it opens the booking window up. Okay. And I can have a discussion with them, just like you and I did. And if they want to move forward, they can. And if they don't want to, they don't have to. Okay. And then the other thing is that I'm going to be hosting things like this in a Zoom format that will probably start out as free as, you know, if it gets a little momentum, mm -hmm. I might need to change that. But um, with COVID, I am five months into paying a rent and not making any money. <laughs> so it's a little bit stressful. Yes. I have to take heed of my own advice and <laughs> keep my self-care practices up to par so I don't wither into a pool of despair. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hanging in there. That's I know I am good. not alone in this, you know. I what is what is your uh, website address? It's just gabbyvanhouten.com. And you prefer Gabby to Gabrielle? It doesn't really matter. There's kind of a funny story about that, but I won't go into it now. Ooh. When I first moved it, I'll, I'll go into it, but I'm, you can clip it out. <laughs> um, when I first moved to this country, I always went by Gabby. And people would say to me, Debbie. And I oh. would say, no, Gabby. And they would say, right, Debbie. I mean, no. I don't know how you get Debbie <laughs> out of Gabby. So then I just started saying Gabrielle, because that <laughs> was just easier. And then I could go back to my sort of nickname. So that's kind of how, but legally I'm Gabrielle Van Houten, but I've set my professional life up kind of as Gabby. Okay. And it's G-A-B-Y? Yeah. G-A-B-Y-V as in Victor, A-N-H-O-U-T-E-N dot com. Dot com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. probably see you on Zoom coming up or whatever, but I hope that gave you some ideas and it really did. I think it was very, very valuable information. So I appreciate it. Well, I love the work that you're doing. So if you want to dive deeper into different aspects, just let me know. That sounds lovely. Thank you. Hey dear. All right. You enjoy 